Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. Today we're starting that new series that's been mentioned. Uh, The Pew Research Center on Religion in America tells us a little something about prayer and the practice of prayer, and that 66% of people who claim to be Christians say that they pray in some way or another every single day. But even more surprising is that a majority of Americans, regardless of uh, their faith status, including even agnostics, will claim a vast majority will say that they pray, at least occasionally. Then you think of all the public figures, let's say there's some kind of a disaster. There's been, let's say, a mass shooting. There's maybe been a, a tornado and a great bit of, a lot of destruction. And the public figures will stand in front of the TV cameras and will say, our prayers and our thoughts are with them. Well, they may be thinking about them long enough to read what's on the teleprompter. You wonder how much time they really spend in serious prayer for them. But as Christians, we want to be involved in serious prayer. So what is so special about this thing that we call prayer? What is it? And so I'm going to invite you today into an adventure that we're going to be carrying out through this month of of August. Pastor Dreyer and I, we will be giving giving you messages about prayer. Today, the start off is a kind of a 101, uh, the basic thing that answers the question, what is prayer? Going to have six brief biblical points. Now, there are some uh, there are some notes there outlined for you. You can follow along. You can even fill in some blanks there and, and then retain what the Bible verses are that are, are connected to that. So uh, then following that, we'll have a personal testimony about blessing that has come through prayer. And um, we want then for you to think about what do you do between, let's say, Monday and then the rest of the week with regard to prayer. How does that message actually impact, literally impact what goes on in the week? So uh, what's next? Okay, let's pray. Okay, bow your heads with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for the promise of your presence. Thank you that you are here with us today. Thank you that you want to bless these moments ahead of us, and you want to bring transformative power into our lives. Help us, Lord, to understand and then to believe and then to put into practice your promises that you give to us as a result of prayer. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it might seem a little bit off topic, but maybe I can tell you a little bit about prayer as I do a little, you know, grandparent bragging. You know, a bunch of you I know are grandparents, and, and every one of you would say, you know what? It would have been great just to skip that generation in between and go directly to the grandkids. And you know how grandparents, what we like to do, you know, we like to tickle them and we like to hug them and cuddle them. We like to tease them. We like to just bless them. We, we just want to play with them and give the horsey rides and all that. Enjoy them until they're so hyper that then we send them home. <laughs> Parents have to deal with it. So that's why they don't like, you know, our kids don't like us that much. Uh, They can teach you, these grandkids can teach you a lot about human nature as well. 
Now, my second oldest grandson, uh, back when he was a preschooler, he's now a senior in high school, and he's all, you know, uh, bulked up for football and all that sort of, man, oh, taller than I am, uh, et cetera. Well, spending an afternoon with him when he was a preschooler, and we're playing around, and he had gotten a Happy Meal that day, and there's that little toy, and the Happy Meal's trying to put it together. And he's got a lot of frustration and futility as he's trying to make that thing work. Now, Grandpa, the race rescuer, he wants to come grab it out of his hand and, and do it for him. You know, here, this is how you do it. And, and then just do it for him. But, you know, I'd tried that before on numbers of occasions, and I did end up being his hero when I would do it for him. So I said, aha, a little bit of grandparent wisdom here. I said, Matt, uh, you want to do that all by yourself, or would you like Papa to help you? And, of course, I knew he would say what he said. I'll do it myself. Okay, do it yourself. Keep on. A few more minutes, and he can't do it. And finally, he looks at me, hands me the pieces. Of, Papa, will you help me? You know, so what does that have to do with prayer? It it's kind of goes like this. So often we try to run our own lives. We try to put those pieces, those scattered pieces of life together, solve our own problems as part of our, our childish pride. When there is divine help available, so often we just go on in frustration, futility, futility, trying to make it all work. And you know what? Life was never designed to work without prayer. Well, Matt had to realize his limitations and then trust in me to help him out. But that worked because we had a relationship. And that's how relationships work. So point number one, you can fill in the blank there with the word relationship. Prayer is relationship. In fact, is we might just say that's, that's a definition of prayer, relationship. It is an expression and an exercise of a relationship. Now, Luke 11, verse 11, read it before to you, but let's read it again. What father among you, if his son, I'm going to pause there, father, son, parent, child. Get it? Relationship. Okay. If he asks for a fish, instead of a fish, gives him a serpent. God doesn't play games with us. He doesn't try to tease us and uh, so forth. But it's all linked to relationship. Prayer is an expression, and it is an exercise of a relationship. Jesus is teaching us in Luke chapter 11, after giving us the Lord's Prayer, that there is a relationship. And he talks about a friend who comes to another friend at midnight. Okay, the security has been set. The kids are all in bed. He comes in, he's begging some, hey, so unexpected company came in, and I'm short of food. I need to set something before them. Can I have three loaves of bread? Could could you hurry? He says, hey, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Uh, I don't want to be bothered. And... uh, You'll wake up the whole household. But because there is a pre-existing relationship, he knew that he could go there and he could even pester that guy, his friend. Well, you know, sometimes I've heard people say, oh, I just don't want to bother God with that little piddly stuff. And God says, go ahead, bother me. It's all right. Just, Just blabber on. Talk to me. Ask. I've got big ears. That's what I'm here for. I'm your father. Just tell me. Now, prayer is an expression, and it is an exercise of a relationship. And now, where there is a relationship, there is a conversation. That's the C thing, number two to fill in. Prayer is conversation. You see, prayer is not monologue. 
You know, uh, uh, Shannon had uh, her little her cell phone up here. Now, when you're talking to somebody and they put you on speakerphone, that's a little frustrating. I don't like it when people do that because, you see, only one person can talk at a time. And some people can talk, I mean, and they can continue talking. And they don't let up, and they don't pause, and then they hang up. <laughs> they ring off, okay, before you even get to say anything. Sometimes we're like that with God. We just put him on speakerphone, and we're, you know, speaking to him. Talk, 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 you know, goodbye, thanks. And, uh, you know, that's not how it should be. It's not a monologue. Um, that's not conversation. Now, if there's conversation, we've got to learn to do something. That is to listen. Now, how do you listen with God? Obviously, this is where you start. The Bible, words, God's word. So what is God saying to you? Because you know what? This isn't just a whole bunch of impersonal stuff in here. This is personal address to each one of us. God's love letter to you. Like, you, you go to it and you say, well, God, how do you love me? God, how do I disappoint you? God, what do, I, uh, uh, what, what do you have for me that I'm not uh, uh, asking for? And it's just so many things. It just opens up that whole thing. And when you start with the word, you, you're priming the pump. It's, a pump. it's a power generator in your praying. God says, just talk to me. Ask. Bring your needs. Bring the needs of others. Now, I'm going to bring this term ACTS, A-C-T-S. You can see it vertically listed there with a the blank under, by each letter, A-C-T-S. All right, this would be a summary of what prayer is. A is adoration. So deliberately today when the song set was done, leading in prayer, I, I led first in adoration. You know, just, just standing in front of God and say, whoa, God, I'm, we're just enjoying you. You are so incredible. You are an awesome God. And we just think about him. Then the C is confession. Last week when Pastor Teves was here, he's, he kind of demonstrated you, you pour out. Confession is when you dump out, you dump out the sin, dump out self, so that there is less of me and more of him, so that he can fill us more. So confession is admitting to God uh, our shortcomings, our sin, uh, the problems that we have in our, in our lives where we are at fault, when I empty ourselves. The T is thanksgiving. You know what? We've got a whole lot more to thank God for than we have to gripe about. And uh, as, as a matter of fact, thanksgiving is really, really important. Again, social science research tells us that people who gripe do not enjoy life nearly as much as people who carry with them that constant attitude of gratitude. And when we begin to think about how much he loves us, all the ways he is right now, just pouring out, he's just looking at you, and he's just beaming in love upon you. And he says, I hope that they ask me for something because I'm just ready, I'm, I'm ready to give a lot more than what they're asking for. And that, so we thank him, and then that uh, the S, that supplication, a fancy word for asking, another word would be petition, okay? So asking God, because he says uh, in, in, in James, it's written, you do not have because you do not ask. So ask, hey, you need it? Just ask. Uh, now, I've also heard people say, well, but I don't really know how to pray. Um, and they say, oh, you pray for me because I don't really know how to pray. Well, what I want you to know is that it's pretty hard to mess up prayer. You don't really have to know how to pray in order to talk to God. 
uh, I'd venture to say that there's maybe not even a wrong way to pray because God would rather hear your botched-up prayers than to be just faced with silence that comes from you. Besides that, who can offer God anything perfect anyway? Huh? Okay, get it? Um, so our prayers can get better, obviously, just like our conversations can get better, but it's, it's simple. Prayer is an expression and an exercise of a relationship. And where there is a relationship, there is communication. Next point, number three, the word gift. Prayer is a gift, a gift. You see, he is always inviting us into a blessing. When he says prayer, he's inviting us into blessing. And, and prayer isn't something we came up with, something God came up with. Because, you see, sin is a separation. It takes us away from that connection. And God is desperate to reconnect, and so he sent Jesus into this world to reconnect, to reestablish that connection of communication. Jesus came down. Word of God incarnated, Emmanuel, God with us, reopening the line of communication. And let's go to Jeremiah 33, verse 3, and it says there, call to me. This is God talking. Call to me, and I will do what? I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. This is simple. Call to me, I'll answer you. This is not 911. This is 333. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Okay? Call to me, and I will answer you. Simple. Get it? Okay. Yeah, that's an invitation to access blessings from him. Because he's got this storehouse of riches that he's just so eager to pour out into our lives. And he just simply says, ask, seek, knock. Jesus is saying, God doesn't play games with us. The son asks for bread. Are you going to give him a stone? You know, I think Jesus is using a little sense of humor here. If you, you ask for a fish, you're going to hand him a snake. Huh? If you ask for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Well. If you, who are evil, so imperfect, know how to give good gifts to your, uh, to your children, don't you think your heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts? And then he goes on to say how much more he will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And is there a better gift than that? Now, the point number four is this, that prayer is a response of faith, response of faith. It's a response to the invitation to grace and blessing in our lives, you see. God comes to us. How did he come to us? He came to us in the cross. And in that cross, he is inviting us into a relationship because in the cross, there is the forgiveness of our sins. The price that was paid, the, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. And he invites us in into a relationship of faith with him. Now, we can talk about inviting Jesus into our hearts. That's a cool thing. But Jesus said, uh, I'm inviting you. That's the primary invitation that comes to us, inviting us into his heart. And so faith hears that invitation. Faith receives the invitation and responds to the invitation. And that response of faith, it just kind of goes on and on and opens us up to peace and love and joy. It brings forgiveness and life. It places us into God's family where we have brothers and sisters and we have a heavenly father who loves us, a loving father, and we're eager. He's so eager to bless his kids. He calls us into increasing faith and trust and intimacy with him. 
So, let's look at a little contrast that we get in the fourth chapter of Philippians. Paul's letter to the Christians in the city of Philippi where he says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay? He doesn't stop there. Now, the word but, that's a pivoting word. There's going to be a contrast. But in everything, what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, there's a result. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts or guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Get it? See? Uh, Prayer is an expression and an exercise of a relationship. Faith and trust in the promises of God that are brought to us in Jesus Christ, which is the next point, and that prayer is effective in the name of Jesus. Did you know that through Jesus, every prayer is heard and handled? Never is it ignored. Obvious that not every prayer receives the answer that we want, and I'm telling you, that is a good thing that we don't always get what we ask for. But God is attentive to every prayer that Jesus delivers. You see, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we're saying, okay, uh, Jesus, you be my UPS. You deliver this to the Heavenly Father. And then the hands that deliver to the Father, they're the hands that are not soiled like my hands would be if it had to come just through me. But They are cleansed hands. They must be clean. The sinless hands of Jesus, the ones bearing the scar of the nails, the blood that was shed that cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And again, we're going to refer to what Pastor Teves said last week. I did tune in online even though I was home with COVID. Okay. Uh, And, uh, you know, it says that Paul, Paul writes, those who are baptized into Christ are clothed with Christ. Are you clothed with Christ? If you met that condition, you know, in faith, baptized into Christ, yeah, yeah. And so when he looks at you, what does the Heavenly Father see when he looks at you? Yeah, he sees Jesus. He says, okay. He doesn't see us in our spotted, uh, you know, filthiness, but he sees us in the perfection of Jesus Christ, his righteousness. The pure and the holy eyes of the Heavenly Father see Jesus, and so we have the right of access. And Jesus said this, John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I know I could, I could hear the objection that says, but my prayers are still so imperfect. Even if delivered by Jesus, my prayers are so imperfect. How could I expect a blessing? Well, folks, here's where the Holy Trinity comes in. I'm going to go to another verse out of Romans chapter 8. And, and it says this, because now we've got to get the Holy Spirit involved. Likewise, verses 26 and 27, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Hmm. What do you mean? Well, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Well, who knows? But the Spirit, the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes with the saints. How? Get this. According to the will of God. So, Trinity, the Father is the one who hears the prayers. He's on the throne. The Son delivers, you know, in his spotless hands. The Holy Spirit, before it gets there, he takes care of everything that's messed up in our prayers and conforms them to the will of God. 
Now, tell me how you could mess that up. He fixes it up for us. So, you know, never be intimidated, but the devil does try to intimidate me sometimes. It's maybe done it to you and discourage me and even deceive me uh, because I might be praying along and I'm really getting it on there, and then suddenly there enters into my mind uh, the reminder of something bad that I did, some sin, some stupid thing, some way that I've just, you know, failed to obey the Lord and, and, and that sort of thing, and, and he's just accusing me, and then he's whispering in my ear and says, how do you expect to get anything from God when you are that kind of a, of a sinner? Well, I have as much right as Jesus when I come in the name of Jesus and when the Holy Spirit fixes up my prayers, and I know that I have the right to the attention of the Heavenly Father with my prayers just as much as Jesus. So I have to say, so there, devil. The effectiveness of prayer has almost nothing to do with my character. And it has all to do with the character of Jesus Christ, everything the character of God. So what's God's character like? Well, let me just take you through a couple of verses from Psalm 103. And uh, these verses say that the Lord is, how is he? Merciful and gracious. Oh, slow to anger. Mm, he's got anger management, right? Abounding in steadfast love. Wow. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He doesn't hold that grudge. He does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. That's, that's the character of God. Why would anyone be afraid to go to his presence? Because prayer is an expression and an exercise of a relationship. Prayer is also an adventure. That's our final point here. Seeking, finding, accessing the promises of God. Jesus just said, ask, seek, knock. And, and in the original language, these are in the on, the tense means it's ongoing. You know, prevailing prayer, keep on keeping on. Uh, Jesus encouraged us, us to do that. It's an adventure. What has God got in mind for you? You'll never find out if you don't ask, but he's got, you know what? He has plans for you that are uh, for a, a future and a hope. And when you place and you relinquish things completely into the hands of God, look out. And then just look at this Bible verse uh, from Hebrews 4, 16th verse. It says, let us then... And this is our action steps, okay? You're willing to do this? With confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. Through Jesus, so you can draw near. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Well, I'm about out of time. But, oh, would you like to have one little story? Okay, thank you. you okay. Uh, when my kids were little kids, elementary school kids, uh, they, were, uh, they were students in Lutheran school. Uh, they learned about prayer at home. They learned about prayer in school, et, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, they could have prayer in school there. And anyway, uh, they were getting sick of school, and uh, we were not having a whole lot of snow. We were living in Michigan at the time, a lot of snow around there. And uh, so they, they wanted to have a day off, but uh, the weather forecast said there was not going to be any snow. So what did they do? What they did what they saw mom and dad do, and that is there was a prayer need, and they got a prayer chain going, got a whole bunch of people. Let's get everybody praying. So that's what they did. They started every, and they knew it worked because they'd also, you know, they saw everybody was praying, and then they saw God do miracles too. So they, they had a lot of confidence in the Lord. 
So they went to the Lord and all their classmates, and they're all praying, 16 inches of snow and three days off from school. Hey, it works. Does prayer work? Hey, Tina, what do you think? Do you have any, any story you'd like to share about a blessing in prayer? Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33.3 says this. We already read it up on the screen earlier. Call upon the Lord, and he will answer. Call upon the Lord, he will answer. It actually says, call upon me. This is Jesus, or God, saying, call upon me, and I will answer you. So I have a story um, about how God answered prayer <laughs> so fast. My husband and I were in Washington, D.C., riding the subway about a month ago. And we're on the subway. We've never been before, and it's pretty exciting, except this different gentleman got on the subway, and the first thing that he did was he went up to someone who was already seated, got right in their face, and screamed something at him. This guy jumped up like, I'm going to fight you kind of thing, and then he changed his mind and said, no, 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 no I don't want to fight, and he just kind of sat back down. And this gentleman moved on about six feet down, got right in the next person's face, just screamed at him. The same thing happened, and we're watching this. One, two, and then he went on six feet more and did the exact same thing to the next set of people. And we're like, we're next. And I was scared. I was scared. And I said, Michael, we're next. Just don't make eye contact. Let's look down at our map and just not look at him. Maybe he'll pass us by. And I looked down at my map and I started to pray, Jesus, help him. Jesus, help him. Out loud. Hopefully not really loud. My husband always says I talk louder than I think. But I'm praying, Jesus, help him. Jesus, help him. Jesus, help him. This guy comes right up to us, leans down close to our faces and says, do you need help? And we're like, no, no, we're good. We're good. And he said, okay. And he just walked to the doors of the subway, waited for them to open, and then he exited. And we were flabbergasted. We watched it happen, one, two, three. And then when he got to us, Jesus calmed the storm. God does answer prayers. Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, call on me and I will answer. 